down to the last three games of Euro 2020. It feels like it was just yesterday that it was Turkey against Italy in Rome to open up the tournament and now we have the two semifinals and the final to go. Chris Suez joining me once again as always a huge member of this team. Sir, happy 4th of July, very late. It, it's the 5th, but happy 4th. How are you and how excited are you for these games coming up? Yeah, it looks uh, happy fourth to you as well. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited. I'm more excited about these next three days than the holiday, actually, because <laughs> these next three days are going to be so, so sick. We got a lot of Copa America action and we got these Euros and it's going to be so much fun. Uh, well, you mentioned Copa America. We are recording this while Brazil and Peru are playing. Uh, it's 0, 0 32 minutes played, um, so I'm probably going to be getting updates it's useless to give updates on a podcast because it's all pre-recorded, but I will still do it because it is my duty to let you guys know what is going on. All right, let's let's jump back to Friday and Saturday because those were the two days where all four of the semifinals were, or sorry, quarterfinals were played. Chris, I want to start off by asking you this. Out of the eight teams that played Friday and Saturday, which team do you think had the best performance? Uh, it's actually tough because there was a, quite a few teams that really played well. Um, I was very impressed by, by quite a few, like all I said, even some losers that, that, that went out this weekend. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a lot of great football. But I would probably say Italy. Italy showed that they could be a tough, tough out in Belgium and they should really be considered the favorite in this tournament because... They look really strong. And as we've been saying all tournament, they have a lot of technical quality. They're stopped defensively. They uh, they don't struggle in possession. And the few times that they have to clean it up, they have Cellini and Bonucci to, to be there and, and Gigi Donnarumma. So you really don't want to see Italy right now. They look so, so good. And they played so good against Belgium. They really shut them down. Granted, Kevin De Bruyne was hurt. And he, he acknowledged that after that he, sh he probably shouldn't have been playing. But... Yeah, they look so good. Touching a little bit on Kevin De Bruyne, I think we all knew that he was he was hurt. Um, based on, on what happened on Sunday, or not, well, not this Sunday, the Sunday before, against Portugal, it was pretty obvious that Kevin De Bruyne was not going to be at 100%. And we mentioned it on the pod. We talked about how a Kevin De Bruyne, even at 50%, is better than most players. And, and they still risked it, and they still gave him the opportunity to go out there and play. And he actually didn't really play a terrible game. Um, I'm, I'm remembering a few a few chances, but you can tell that his sharpness wasn't there. He was probably thinking more about not aggravating that injury rather than giving a final, a, a, a final pass or whatever the case may be. But yeah, I agree with you. Italy is the best team, and they've been the best team since June 11th. It's, it's not going to stop. This team, well, it might stop, and I think we should just talk about it right now. Leonardo Spinazzola's injury. 
I I uh, I always feel for players that get hurt because I've I've seen a very close friend of mine who was very close to becoming a pro pick up a an injury that ended his his hopes and of course we're we're, we're talking about a different stage in your life Leonardo Spinazzola plays for Rome established there but he had had a lot of injury injury scares and a lot of a, a lot of history in the injury department and now he tears his Achilles he'll be out some are saying about a year and he was having the tournament of his life and he was such an important part in that Italian attack let alone in that defense he was an important part in that Italian attack some of the some of the clearances some of the some of the plays where he was completely stopping Belgium from tying the game unbelievable and then on a sprint he tears his Achilles man that's that's gut-wrenching and heartbreaking yeah it was really tough to watch um I, I thought Spinozola was a really decent player coming into the tournament. I didn't think he was at this level as to what he's showing now. <laughs> yeah. He was playing out of his mind, and he was getting linked to a lot of big, big clubs. Uh, not that Roma isn't, but just he was getting linked to the Real Madrid and Chelsea and a lot of these big, big names. So it's uh, it's really tough because he's he's he was having he was in the run of his life and the form of his life. But yeah, uh, they looked really. Uh, empowered by it now they really um they were inspired by him coming into the locker room and 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 really telling them to 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 be strong and and they really look like they're going to do it in his honor they like they're going to win this whole thing and that's what they keep saying uh Bonucci and Cellini already both both came out and said that they dedicated this tournament to him so it's going to be very it's not like Italy needed a chip on their shoulder like <laughs> they needed another reason but they they look like they got the bit between the teeth they look really up for it absolutely and and you mentioned Chiellini he was playing with a smile on his face for all 90 minutes it started with the anthem he was singing it so happily as every Italian does as well but he just seemed so happy even when <laughs> on a corner early in the game I remember Axel Witzel was um he was he was marking him and the ref blows the whistle and tells him to like hey keep the hands a little a little off <laughs> and Chiellini hugs Axel Witzel and Witzel's like oh well here I am I guess I have to hug him back Chiellini was playing with a smile the whole game we do have to note that he was hurt from what I think it was like first half of that second game against Switzerland up until this Friday that's when he came back so of course when you're older and when your body starts to break down a little more injuries are a little more severe so you don't know if you're playing your last few minutes. So I'm sure he was embracing it and it showed. Yeah, it, it's really a, a treat to watch him and uh, and Bonucci play together. And especially they, just their form individually and then let alone combine that into, into the defense that we're seeing. It's really, Italy's just a joy to watch. And it starts with those two in the back. So everybody uh, should enjoy them while we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, any other teams that impressed you or how about, I switch it up a little bit. A team that you were disappointed by in this quarterfinal? Uh, I would probably say it's tough because they really all played really well. It's tough. I would probably say Czech Republic. I thought they put up more of a, of a, of a fight against Denmark. Uh, Denmark went up two, I believe they went up two zip and then Schick scored and then it went 2-1. But um, 
Yeah, I thought it was going to be much a much tougher fight than um, than it ended up being. I thought it was, I thought they might have tied it, or maybe they went into extras, but they they didn't. They they didn't really show too much threat in that second half. So uh, yeah, I would probably go Czech Republic. Yeah, after the ninety minutes, uh, it's I think it's it's quite it's quite easy to say that that Denmark's easiest game of the tournament so far has been against the Czech Republic. And yeah, I I, I pointed at you where I pointed at the camera because that's exactly what I was thinking too. I think that the Czech Republic, the first 45 minutes, non-existent, and then they, they tried to come back, but it all felt like at a at a very lower rhythm. It wasn't it wasn't something that that showed a lot of urgency. And Denmark was just like, yeah, we'll we'll cruise to the semifinals. We'll we'll cruise past these 45 minutes and and we'll go on to the semifinal. But um yeah, yeah, the, the Czech Republic is, is definitely that. Um, now, let's talk about a team that was eliminated. Uh, and, and we briefly talked about them when we were talking about Italy. Let's talk about Belgium. The Golden Generation. They've been touted as the Golden Generation ever since the 2014 World Cup. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Aiden Hazard, Romelu Lukaku. Uh, at, at, at some point, Marwan Fellaini was an important part uh, Toby Alderweireld, Jan Vertonghen, Thomas Vermaelen, Thibaut Courtois, all of those guys. A a solid, solid group of players. Some might even say an elite group of players. Talent-wise, absolutely. But there was a certain feeling as soon as the ref blew the whistle to end the game on Friday in Munich that almost indicated the end of an era. It 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 didn't... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make it this dramatic, but it felt like when Shawn Michaels super kicked Ric Flair in WrestleMania 24, and it was almost like the Italians put the Belgians out of their misery and finished them there with a super kick. If you're a WWE fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you're looking at me a little funny. I'm sure that's not the first time. Do you think this is the end of an era for Belgium? I do. I do, unless they really come pull a, a, a rabbit out of the hat at the World Cup with some older players, which is possible because they have individual talent, but I, I just don't see it. They, they mm-hmm. This was their last, they, this is probably that the, the Belgian players at the end of their peak. So, at the, and at the tip, at the, probably at the best, at, the, at, the, at their best, or Eden Hazard, who hasn't looked at his best in a few years, but yeah, they, they really don't. They don't inspire confidence going forward, and they're only going to get older. And they don't have the academy; they don't they don't have the, the youth to, uh, to 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 replace these players. Unfortunately, it sucks because it was really fun seeing Belgium being discussed as as it was actually they were number one UEFA ranked team in the world. So being discussed as a top club, they were ranked the top club or the top um, international Nation. team. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's it's it was fun, but yeah, it it's probably gonna come to an end here because they don't have the players to, to replace these guys, and they're only getting older and more injury prone, as you can as you saw with De Bruyne. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is a huge example. So is Aiden Hazard, um, and you mentioned something incredibly important that it doesn't look like the youngsters are gonna pull up and 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 do something incredible. It, it looks like Belgium is going to have to wait another 30 years to have a, a true golden generation. Because when you talk about Belgium, Belgium's first golden generation, you're talking about like the mid-80s, 
Mexico World Cup in 1986. That's what you're talking about. Um, and and then you fast forward all the way to 2014. 2014 is is when they they showed up. Granted, they qualified to the World Cup in uh, in France 98, and then I believe they went to Korea, Japan 2002 as well. But still, they were non-factors in those tournaments. They they, they weren't they weren't showing up with world class talent. It was very different. And yeah, the, the the youngsters aren't really pulling up. They're not they're not doing their job and and it's showing in those under 19, under under 20, under 17 tournaments where they don't feature. These guys are not featuring. So honestly, this might really be the end. This this might mark the end of Belgium's golden generation and it sucks that we see players like Kevin De Bruyne, your boy Aiden Hazard, not winning something with their national teams. That in 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 world football, that's kind of what catapults you to the elite level, right? Yeah. And 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 that's an argument that has been made against Messi. Well, he's never won anything with Argentina. Um, you know, we're not really going to get into that. But now, when you make arguments about Kevin De Bruyne, about Aiden Hazard, chances are. There's going to be no international tournament there because if they couldn't do it now, if if they really couldn't do it in in 2018, they couldn't do it in 2016, 2014. I think it was a little too early to start asking these types of things out of them. But if they couldn't do it at their peak, maybe it was just never meant to be. Yeah, it's it, it, it's unfortunate, and then and I would also argue it's time to let go of the manager of Roberto Martinez. Mm-hmm. They're gonna really try for that last ditch World Cup that I mentioned earlier. It's got to be with the new leadership and someone who's just knows how to pull out a, a, a win. Maybe if I mean I, I don't see him being let go, but if Didier Deschamps, if something happened there, somebody like that, maybe someone who could really pull out, like I said, pull out a. a a rabbit out of the hat and, and and knows how to finish out wins, but other than that, I, I just I I don't I don't see them really making noise, and especially not if they keep Roberto Martinez because it, it just doesn't look like they're gonna change anything enough to really be a, a a bigger threat than what they are already. And if they can't get back, can't get past uh, this this I know Italy's probably the strongest team that was left. But this is probably the, the easiest path to a trophy that they had in all all these the general the general the golden generations uh, whole whole time. Uh, it's this Euros there for the taking. It's not like nobody's really playing out of out of their minds. That's gonna scare everybody, you know, to 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 claim their own. So yeah, I think Belgium. This was their last chance, and and if they want anything going forward, one last chance. They got to make a big change. Although I would say I like uh, Doku. Doku mm-hmm. really played well. I liked I liked how the, how dynamic he was. He was really pacey, but they don't have enough of those players coming through to really uh, have the confidence to say, "Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna rebound from this" because they're only getting older. Doku was like he was he was the the best part of this Belgium team against Italy uh, because it just felt like they were so inaccurate. The Belgium against Italy. The Belgium was incredibly inaccurate, and it felt like the only real clarity that they had on the pitch was Doku. And you know who he reminds me of? He he reminds me of Sadio Mane. The way that they run, the way that they are in and out, and you don't know which way they're going, and you you guess 
or you try to guess which way they're going. You're like, ha, I got him. And he's like, ha, no, I got you. And then they go the other way. That, that, that zigzag. I'm like, oh my God, that's Sadio Mane. Um, just like 11 years younger, right? Um, but there's there, there's some hope there. And I, I will say this. Maybe if Belgium was a little more accurate in front of goal. And they had, I, I know talking about luck in sports is a little simplistic. But maybe if they had a little more accuracy and just a tad bit more luck, who knows? Maybe they would be playing the semifinal on, on Tuesday or tomorrow. Um, but ultimately, the result is them being eliminated yet again. Um, and you mentioned something incredibly interesting about changing the manager. Because they changed their manager after Euro 2016. Mark Vilmots was, was sacked. After Euro 2016, in came Roberto Martinez. So now, maybe after the Euro, maybe once the final is played and uh, and things settle down a little bit and a week has passed since they've been eliminated, maybe they will let him go. But I, I haven't heard any any news. I haven't I haven't really read any reports that Roberto Martinez is on his way out. I don't know if you have. No, I have. I, there was rumors like when when when. The loss happens if this was the end, but then I haven't heard mm. anything since. Yeah, it also feels like the Belgian Federation likes to keep a process going. They don't like to cut it short, which power to them if if that makes them feel comfortable and they are confident in their guy. I mean, there's, what, 17 months left until the World Cup or uh, 16, something like that. So they could just give it another shot. They could give it another shot, and and who knows? Maybe another Doku shows up within the next six to nine months, and he starts making a real case to to, to go to Qatar. Um, but what we know now, it looks like this is really the end. It looks like this is the end. And also something that I have to mention, but before we move on, Belgium was the oldest squad in the whole tournament. They were the oldest squad in Euro twenty twenty. So. Yeah, this this is the end. If you look at it like that, this is the end. This is definitely the end. Yeah, I I have to agree. It's just it's tough unless some hypothetical youth comes through that no one's aware of. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look likely. It's just it, it, they're done. They 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 gave us a, a fun fun memories, but that's about it. They definitely did. They were very very fun to watch. All right, let's move on now. To the semifinals. Okay. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I look at an international tournament. I look at the four semifinalists and I'm like, I don't care who wins. I'll be happy with whoever wins. On one side, we have Italy, Spain. On the other side, we have England and Denmark. Both games to be played at Wembley. The final to be played at Wembley. Chris, you look at the two games going to be played for the semifinals which game interests you the most and which one will you be following a little more closely oh man they both they're both really great games um i think the one that's more interesting would probably be italy spain it's a it's a great matchup uh they 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 to both of these teams are playing great uh Italy is is so strong, like we mentioned earlier. They have those two rocks at the back and the two center backs. 
and they're playing really technical football and, and winning football. Marino Mancini looks like they look like they're having fun playing over there together. So, and they look really motivated, especially now with Spinozola's injury. So, I think it's it would be crazy to bet against Italy, and that's what makes Spain a little dangerous because we've been ruling them out week after week since the group finals, or since the group <laughs> stages. And week after week, they've been they've been loving it. They've been taking everybody to the sword. I know Switzerland; they they didn't run rampant like they did the the, the games prior, the matches prior. But they really uh they 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 looked up for it against Switzerland. They didn't look like they they blew it up like they they blew the game. They 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 really were in it. They they scored first with Jordi Alba's deflected shot, but they controlled most of the match. And and even though Switzerland uh, equalized, it, you can say Spain was a better team throughout the match and um, they, they took it home with the penalties. So Italy, I mean, Spain just looked like they, they, they're trying to prove so many people wrong. And with, with, they have so many players that everybody's been, everybody's talked about everybody, all these players have come through adversity at, at one point or another, or another through the, throughout their careers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they look like they, they like, they like being the underdog. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, Honestly, if I said this like a week or two ago, I would be calling myself nuts because it's just really tough to, to go in with confidence when Alvaro Morata is your, your leading guy. <laughs> and dude, they, they've been, he's been playing so well. Like yeah. power to him. He's he shut me up. He's they've been playing really, really decent. They they're playing attacking. They're playing with, with flair. They're not just parking the bus like some other uh, some other international team. So yeah, they, they've been fun to watch. So I. I Really, this this game is really interesting. I, I think Italy should win. I am more confident in that. But Spain just, they really love playing the underdog so far. It helps the young core that they have. They, they, they have a young core of players and it helps being the underdog because the expectations aren't as high as the Euro 2008 squad, the 2010 World Cup squad, the, the Euro 2012 squad. Even the 2014 World Cup squad, they they had very high expectations because there was a lot of common factors in in those in those squads. The core was was all pretty much the same. But this this Spanish team showed that they know how to suffer. They know how to struggle because against Croatia, they gave up a three one lead. They came back. Um, they they, they beat them in extra time. And then against Switzerland, they couldn't score. They went to penalties. They missed a couple penalties. They had the mental strength to pull through and to advance to the semifinals. That shows me that they don't have a preferred way of winning. They can win in the regular 90. They can win in extra time. They can win in a penalty shootout. It doesn't matter. They can win... If it has to go to a coin flip, like if we were in 1950, they're comfortable with it. It doesn't matter. They will still be very competitive. Now, with that being said, Italy has proved the same exact thing in these last two direct elimination games. They showed it against Austria, where uh, Arnautovic's goal was, was disallowed. And then they go to extra time, and they open up, and they score. They showed it against Belgium. They score in the first half. They gave up a very late goal in those last 45. A very, very late goal. 
and they manage to hold on for the final 45. Both teams have shown that they know how to struggle. If this game goes to penalties, I will not be surprised at all. I will not be surprised. There, the, there's no surprises if Spain wins or if Italy wins. And I know that's like super, super basic. Like I'm, 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 I'm on the fence right now. You know, like I haven't, I haven't made a pick. Um, let's save our picks for when we detail the the other game too. When when we talk about the the other game, but yeah, I agree. I think that this is the most interesting, at, at least on paper, it's the most interesting matchup. Now let's talk about England and Denmark. I want to ask you about England's performance too against against the Ukraine. I it, it it's funny because on on Saturday, I was leaving my house an hour before uh, kickoff, and I was picking up my my girlfriend from her house, and I told my brother, I'm like, this this game's a wash. It's gonna be for nothing. But I just said it like, just you know, I I said it just to say it. Would you look at the scoreline for nothing? If I would have bet on that. I'd probably have a very nice studio right now. <laughs> uh, but what did you make of England's performance against Ukraine? I mean, finally, they opened up and they, they, they played attacking. It's, it's, it was fun to see. Uh, they really they scored early and often. And it, it, that's what happens when you play with, with the, the, an equal amount of offensive players in your, in your lineup. Because mm-hmm. the whole time, the whole tournament, we've just been lamenting how he's been using his personnel. And him being Gareth Southgate, they they he's I think the thing that bothers me the most with the situation with England is I think Southgate is a really good manager. I don't think I think he's been playing he's been managing the team a little scared. If it if it turns out that they win the whole tournament, then kudos he played it the right way. But yeah, it's been really frustrating to see them play so defensive with the three at the back, the two wing backs, and then two center defensive mids. It's just and then see England struggle in possession, having the players that they have. It's it's been really frustrating. That being said, he unleashed them against Ukraine. He put in Sancho. He put in. Uh, he played him with Sterling. He played Mount in a ten role. Uh, he still played his two center defensive mids, which I don't didn't necessarily agree with, but they they've really really played well. They they were humming. They were playing with confidence. Uh, Harry Kane looks like he looks unlocked. Uh, Harry Maguire scored a nice header, and they, they kept another clean sheet. So England looked really, really tough. Uh, yeah, they, they look really great. I, I think that performance was really a statement game. However, I, I'm scared that he's going to revert back to his old ways in the next, in the, in the next uh, matchup because... Oh, man, he just—he's been playing. He's been really playing the tournament that way, and it surprised me that he opened up against Ukraine. But yeah, um, I, I think he's—I don't know if he's going to continue with it going forward. He had to open up his team against Ukraine. He absolutely had to. It was the perfect platform. We said it on the podcast last week, and I think Eric Southgate listened. If he did, shout out to you, sir. We we never talk bad about you. Um, but he had to, he, he, he absolutely had to, I, I mean, you're playing the weakest team left. You have to put up three or four and granted they did, but I will say this when England was in possession and there was no pressure from Ukraine, they weren't on the front foot. They, they weren't looking for vertical passes hitting They weren't trying to hit 
Sterling on the break. Uh, they weren't trying to hit Sancho on a sprint. They weren't looking for Harry Kane in the box. It was more like, okay, I'm Luke Shaw. I have the ball. I can put in a cross. I'll rather just pass it back to Maguire or whoever was playing on that left side of the center backs. Um, and, and it was a lot of that. It was a lot of, of passing the ball back. That could be a bad thing, but it's also a good thing because they're not risky with the ball. You, yeah. if, if, who knows? Maybe they, they, they don't know how to be vertical like that. They, they, they don't know how to be explosive. And it's weird because they have these incredibly explosive players on the wings. Raheem Sterling, he's so quick. Jaden Sancho, I mean, do we really have to talk about his speed? We know how fast he is. Uh, and same thing with Mason Mount, the way that he can just change the rhythm of the game as soon as he gets the ball. You know that as soon as he gets the ball, some magic is going to happen, especially with Chelsea, because I feel like with Chelsea, he has a little more freedom when he's on the ball, whereas right here it's more like, okay, I have a couple options. Let me pick the safer one. But that's every player in this English team. Um, the positive, the, the biggest positive out of this performance was Harry Kane. He got his two goals. He opened up... The first goal was very, very nice. It was a super goal. What a ball yeah, from Sterling. What a finish from Harry Kane. That's the Harry Kane that we know. And I'm pretty sure Nuno Spiritu Santo, new manager of Tottenham, is like, I'm going to convince this dude to stay. He has to stay. Um, but that's the biggest positive. The, the, the biggest positive. Harry Kane being informed now. Three goals in the last two games. Going into the uh, European Championship semifinal. That's what you want to see. But now, on the other hand, and I know I said this last week, but it just feels like Denmark's going to pull an upset at that, or, or they're going to have a lead. This is the team that has had the lead for most for the most amount of minutes in the entire tournament. I don't know the exact amount of minutes that they've had the lead for, but they've been at a disadvantage for... I mean, for the in, in the group stage, they were at a disadvantage for like 15 minutes in the second half of the Belgium game, and then like I don't know, like 30 against Finland. But other than that, they've they've been on the front foot. They score early, they score quick, they score quite a lot, and then good luck trying to break them. Yeah, I really like. I think Denmark, along with Italy, have been the really the real standout team of the tournament. Yeah. They have a lot of players that have big roles at big clubs, and you wouldn't really necessarily know that when you think, oh, that the, the Danish national team is playing this weekend. But they, they, if you look at their team, their team sheet, they have a bunch of really strong-minded, technical, tough players, and it, it's really they're really a, t- a side that nobody wants to play against in in, the, in every meaning of that phrase because they have. Uh, a, they have really decent players in every position, and they have they have a real sense of unity. What happened with their with their star guy with their star man and Ericsson mm-hmm. has really pushed them on even further. So they, man, they 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 look like a really strong team. And uh, Italy, England, I, I, it depends on what they come out with in this next in the in the semi. What team Southgate and, and plays with, but they're gonna be they're really facing a tough side here. Yeah, yeah. Well, since Denmark plays a three-four-three, I'm sure England is going to try to mirror that that formation. And and usually when you show that, or when you mirror your opponent's formation, you're just betting on your talent. And I'm sure Gareth Southgate knows that he has very talented players. So surely, 
that's what he's going to try to do. But yeah, you you bring up some great points. They rallied around Christian Eriksen. And by the way, Christian Eriksen, there, there's pictures of him with fans. Uh, he looks he looks good. So that that's always a positive. That's always something that uh, that that will make us happy, no matter when we see it. He's he's out and about, surely spending time with his family. So that's that's awesome. Good for him. Hopefully he gets even better. Um, but but yeah, I, I I do think that that this Danish team they have so many young talents. What about Casper Dolberg? I mean, again, we're gonna talk about him. Casper Dolberg again. He his finish against Czech Republic. That that finish transition into a celebration, <laughs> ridiculous. That, that that's so so good. Um, and honestly, this is the this has been the team that has been the most together. If 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 you understand what what I'm trying to say here, Th- this is the team that has been the most the most united. And they're gonna have to be even more united against England because this might be the best team that they have faced maybe other than than Belgium but this is probably the best team that they have faced in the entire tournament and to beat a team like that when you have less talent yourself you have to do it as a group it has to be in a group effort so that's exactly what they have to do they have to be even more united if it's possible they have to be even more united than one what they have been throughout the tournament let me hit you with this one Chris rank the semifinalist, four to one. Four being the weaker semifinalist, one being the strongest semifinalist. I just, I just thought about that like two minutes ago. I didn't prepare for it either because I just thought about it. So if you want, I can start and I'll give you some time to think. Uh, yeah, that would, that would help because it's really tough to pick them apart. I would probably say, just in my opinion, these are probably the four best teams of this tournament. Yes. Yes. So it's been it's really tough to pick between them because mm-hmm. whoever's fourth is really getting a harsh criticism. Yeah, they, it's it's not that they're fourth best necessarily. It's just they're fourth best of these four because everybody's been playing so so well. So yeah, go, go ahead. I, I'm interested to hear yours first. Okay, uh, before before I say mine, I will say this: this is going to be based on talent and recent form. So that's a little tidbit for you whenever you. Or when when you mention your 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 top four or your ranking when I finish. So at number four, I'm gonna pick Denmark. They have really good form. They've been in really good form, especially after they beat Russia. They they beat the crap out of Russia, beat the crap out of Wales, and then they 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 uh, grinded out a huge victory against the Czech Republic. But the talent isn't fully there, and again, I feel like they're gonna have to really, really, really work as a group in order to beat England. At three, I'm picking Spain because I can't fully trust them. I cannot fully trust this Spain team, and I know you have a T-shirt on with 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 uh, with the Spanish colors, but I can't fully trust them. I feel like. There's going to be an, uh, an opportunity that Morata misses, and then two minutes later, it's going to be Lorenzo Insigne banging one from 30 yards and, and celebrating, and, and, and that's what it's going to be like. Um, their form has been good, but I just feel like there's a lot of inexperience in this side. Granted, when I think of, of inexperience, I think of youth, and the youngest player in this team is 
Pedri, but he's playing like the most experienced, so that's very confusing, and I don't know what to make out of it. But I'm going to put Spain at number three. At number two, I'm picking England, because although there is more depth in this English team than in the, the number one team, I think you guys know who that is, it's another team that I can't fully trust. Even though they beat Germany 2-0, they, they exercised those demons that they had, I still don't know. The, this was a German side that wasn't necessarily at their best. This was a German side that was saying goodbye to their manager. And who knows what that relationship was in the locker room. Maybe they were sick and tired of him. I'm, I'm, I kind of get the sense that that's what it was. So they're like, all right, let's just end it with a loss. You know, or that's super, super simplistic. Um, but I feel like they are more talented than Italy. <coughs> Sorry. They are more talented than Italy based on the depth and their starting 11. But the form is well and and the form has been very good but i just can't fully fully trust and and it's a it's a coin toss because italy hasn't lost a game in this tournament england hasn't lost a game in this tournament italy has conceded two goals in the entire tournament england hasn't conceded at all but italy at my number one i feel like they are the best team remaining and they are I am even going to venture out and say that they are somewhat big favorites to win this tournament. I would I would be shocked if Italy doesn't win. That's wow. how confident I am in this team. That's how confident I am in this group of players, in this coaching staff. I will be shocked if they're not playing and winning on Sunday at Wembley. Now, with that being said, I hope you kind of have an idea of what you are going to rank these teams like. Um, I thought this was pretty reasonable. And also some another piece of criteria is just how how big of favorites they are to win the tournament. Uh, so that that's the those are the three pieces: the form, the what was it? Form, talent, and the talent in the squad, and and then yeah, yeah, probability so, of, of winning it. I would probably agree with you that Italy's definitely looking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go from one to four since I think it's easier for me to say. I think it's I can easily agree with you that Italy looks like the mm-hmm. strongest team. Mm-hmm. They they haven't allowed many goals at all. They look we we they ran through their group stage. They played in a nail biter. They they had a, they had their teeth kicked in and got up and played and beat the. <laughs> beat these teams, they, they really look so, so classy. And everybody's fallen in love with this Italian team. Um, and it's for a good reason. That being said, I'm gonna, I, I'm slightly shocked that you're so like confident in them winning because I, I of these four teams, honestly, any one of these four teams can win the Euro. And I, I think I'd see, I, I think I can see it coming. Like any, any four of these in their own way. And it's so, that's what, that's what makes it so fun. Um, I'd probably go the second, the n- number two, I'd go England, but it's tough for me to go England, even though they, they haven't let in a goal. They haven't lost a match. They, they've only drawn one once. So they've won every, I, I mean, they, they've really, as a fan, you can't really complain, but they don't look inspiring to the new, like they really don't look like they're going to run away with anything. They, they, they would have to produce their best performances 
in the semi and in the final to, to win this tournament. And I don't know if they can pull that off against a team like Denmark or a team like Italy or Spain because all these teams can really put you to the sword if you let them. And England's of these four teams, England is the one that could really fall asleep and, and let a team kill them because they, they've shown it before. And, and, and I think that's, what, that's why Southgate has been so defensive. That's why he's played so many defensive uh, outfield players. But, uh, yeah, they, they, it's tough to, to, to really uh, put them anywhere past number two because they haven't, they, they haven't lost it. They, they've only lost once. They haven't conceded. I mean, sorry, they haven't lost at all. They've only drawn once. They haven't conceded all tournament. So it's really harsh if, if I were to drop them any lower than that. But their form to me is really uninspiring. Uh, far the last game. If they continue how they how they played in the last game, then all bets are off. They're probably going to win this whole thing. Um, three, I, I'd go Denmark, mm-hmm. and and they 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 out of all the teams that, that have played, they probably impressed me the most. But I think them and Italy have impressed me the most. They they play really strong. I didn't. I thought they were going to be a really tough team. I didn't think they were going to be this classy in their in their wins. They're, they're yeah. really playing strong. They're playing together. They're playing uh, great football. They, 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 they look great. They look like a really good team. And they're play, they, they, they have good players where you need them. They have really strong center backs who have top European experience in Christensen and in Simon Kerr. And they have a, a lot of leadership throughout that 11. So, yeah, Denmark, I, they, they'd be my third. And I think that's too harsh on them. I honestly want to put them second in front of England. I think they played better than England, but mm-hmm. I've already discussed why I can't uh, drop England any further than two. But, yeah, and then my last one would be Spain. And I think that's it's really harsh for me to say that they're the fourth best team of these four. They've played probably the most attacking of, of these four teams. They've scored five goals on, on, on an opponent. So twice, yeah. So they really look like they're ready to play this underdog role. And the more people keep doubting them, the more they're just gonna keep showing up. So yeah. Um, and I think something that we failed to mention earlier this this Italy Spain matchup that we're about to have tomorrow uh, is probably featuring the best two managers left in the tournament, and Lucho and and and, and, and Roberto Mancini. Mm-hmm. These two guys have won at almost everything at club football, wherever they've, they've coached. And they really have these sides playing tactical football, playing smart football. They're playing really uh, uh, great, great uh, uh, quality of, of football here. So, yeah, it's harsh for me to put Spain fourth. But of these four teams, I would say Spain is probably the, the one team that I have the least faith in. In, in winning the whole thing and that's why i i can't disagree with you man i cannot disagree with you mainly because this is your opinion <laughs> and, and and second because you are so right in that top half of our ranking you i personally think anyone putting england over italy is kind of crazy unless you're english of course but if you put Denmark over Spain like you did it's normal I almost expected it as you were talking about your your number three or before you said your you said your number three I'm like he's probably gonna pick Denmark 
just based on what you were saying and, and how you were referring to them, right? So, yeah, you, I think you're crazy if you put England over Italy, even, even if you look at that, that squad, it's a very talented squad, but Italy functions a little bit, a lot better. And, and something else that I want to add to what we were just talking about, if there's a team, like you said, if there's a team that can kind of just like, run, well, I'm kind of going to go the opposite because you you talked about a team that could fall asleep at the wheel and crash and burn, you picked England to be that team. I'm picking the opposite. If there's a team that could just run away with this, it's Italy. Italy can put three past you. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an Italy-Denmark final and the Danish are down 3 nothing with 60 minutes played. I, I really wouldn't be surprised because Italy is that good, right? And even in an Italy against England final, I wouldn't be surprised if Italy is up 2 nothing in, in with, with 40 minutes played because, again, they know how to break down these teams. They know how to break down their, their opponents. Granted, Italy hasn't faced an England. This English defense is pretty damn good, hence why they haven't conceded a goal all tournament. But, uh, man, all right, so I, th I think we gave our predictions with this with these rankings. You're going Italy and England, I'm assuming? Uh, I'm actually going Italy and Denmark. Oh, okay. Yeah, I okay. think Denmark, Denmark is the, sh the wrong team at the wrong time for England. I think mm -hmm. they, they if they don't go offensive, if they don't overload on their offensive players, they're, they're probably going to lose this match because if they go defensive and really play scared against Denmark, they're the team that could put them to the sword. And if they do play the offensive players, they really need to be clicking in all cylinders. And that's what they're missing. That's what you highlighted earlier. And it's because they're not playing continuously together. They're missing that chemistry at the international level, even though they're all individual talents. So I think it's be really, I think this is the wrong team at the wrong time for England. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I think the, 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 the romantic story is that it's coming home and England wins the whole thing. That would be great. I won't be upset at that at all. Mm -hmm. But Denmark, I've really made me like almost fall in love with their team. Mm -hmm. it's, they're so strong mentally. They're so strong technically. I just think that people overlook them because they're not a... a, a a historical favorite, but they have so much strong players. They have players all, all over the pitch that are really uh, quality and, and demand respect. Like to Tom, I didn't know Thomas Delaney played for the for the Danish team until he scored. I was like, "What? <laughs> this guy is so good. He played at Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a so starter solid. for the most part. Yeah, yeah he he I, I and that's the thing. I guess if you don't really look into their team and you don't don't look into the team sheet and you just watch them play, you see a really well organized fun uh, 11 and, and even probably like a 13 because the players that come in are really are, are, are really strong players as well but from Damsgaard to 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 Delaney to to Christensen Kyer uh even Martin Bathright dude all these players I've, I've experienced at the top level at these really big clubs and it'd be I think if people fall asleep and say England's gonna win this one 4-0 you're in for a rude awakening Oh no! There, there's nothing that can happen in order for England to win four zero against Denmark. Denmark has to like really, really, really fall apart, and that would be very sad for them to, for us to see them fall apart against against England in a semi final. 
Um, you're going Italy, Denmark. Okay. Okay. That's definitely not a pick that I was expecting from anyone on June 9th or June 10th. Um, I'm going to go chalk Italy, England, because I am a hopeless romantic when it comes to literally everything in my life. And I want to see Italy and England at Wembley. What? What else? What, what else would make us feel this good? And I get it. It is very easy to fall in love with this with this Danish story. It definitely is. It's very easy to fall in love with with their story, with their team, with their leadership. You have guys like Casper Schmeichel, who won the Premier League with a team that was five thousand to one in the betting odds. He won the Premier League with Leicester City. He can be a part of another major European upset right here. He, he. Well, I mean, we can't see the future, of course, but he's potentially in that discussion. He's potentially, in, well, in the mix of all of that. But I do think that it's going to be Italy against England. I feel like Italy and Spain will probably go to penalties. And I feel like England and Denmark will likely go to extra time. I don't know if it's going to go to penalties. But I think both of these games are going to go far. And we're going to get some free football Tuesday and Wednesday. And for our bad luck, we're going to get it in the middle of the day. So a lot of us won't be able to watch it live. All right, Chris, this was a lot of fun. This was a whole lot of fun. We will be back to preview the final because, my goodness, we will probably have a lot to talk about. By the way, this is the ball that will be will be used for the final um it's the same ball except that it's silver and um if you guys have been following us on instagram we will be giving this ball away on friday on friday we will announce the winner along with the copa america one as well um so there will be a winner for this ball and then a winner for the copa america one that is across my room so i'm not about to go get it um but yeah if you want to win it you can still comment on the video it's still active uh it's still going and you have until July the 9th, which is this Friday, in order to win this ball. Chris, the floor is yours. Plug away your social media, my friend. Yeah, you guys can follow me at, on Twitter at Chris, S-O-L-O-D-O-L-O underscore. There we go. It's, I really suggest you follow him right now because there's going to be a lot of steaming takes for these next few days all leading up all the way to the final you can follow me on twitter and on instagram at alex perez fc subscribe to the podcast on spotify on apple Podcasts. give us a review right there as well subscribe to the youtube channel for whatever reason we get some good traction we 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 get some decent traction for the amount of subscribers that we have so that's always good we appreciate that follow us on twitter and on instagram at total total foot club total foot club Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That'll do it. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the Copa America semifinals too. There will probably be something up about about the Copa America. The, oh man, the Euro has consumed our lives. And the Copa America a little bit as well. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy the games. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>